back this afternoon, uh, continuing our study in 1 Samuel chapter 17. Um, my daughter is actually carrying something we're going to talk about a little bit of a sling. Um, so continuing through 1 Samuel chapter 17, at the beginning of the chapter, we saw Goliath coming out. We, we did a little bit of detail of him about how big he was, about nine feet, nine inches tall. A massive man, um, seeing how much his armor weighed and and the spear that he carried, and all of these things about him. And he comes out and he challenges all of Israel. And basically everything that he's doing is blaspheming God, not only challenging um, soldiers of Israel, not only challenging the Israelites themselves, but actually challenging their God. I agree. I agree. Um, So we see a lot of this going on. We see this all leading up. Basically we got up to the point in the story where everything is about to actually happen. Um, At the in up to this point in chapter 17, we're going to be starting in verse 40. We went all the way up to this point. Uh, it ends with Saul sending for David. David comes. Um, Saul is saying, hey, buddy, you're not really the, the soldier that it is that we're looking for to fight Goliath. Uh, verses 38 and 39, David is given um, Saul's armor. He puts it on. They realize that's way too big. David being as young and small as he is, it's not going to work. So David puts it all off, and he is prepared to go and challenge Goliath in one-on-one battle. Um, And there's a lot of things that we saw leading up to it, and this is where we're going to see kind of a close to this this little uh, situation, this story. Before we get into verse 40, uh, let's pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you for um, this worship service that we were able to have this morning, where we were able to see you clearly, to be able to um, see from the very mouth of your Son, Um, that he is the bread from heaven, the bread of life, the true bread of life. And God, I thank you for for your word that we're able to see so clearly who you are and to be able to see Christ so clearly this morning. And I pray this afternoon that we would continue to see how mighty and how powerful you are. It's in Jesus' name, amen. So again, 1 Samuel chapter 17, uh, we're going to be in verses 40 all the way through the close in verse 58. So again, David is just put on Saul's armor, and he's taken it off. Um, At the end it closed, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off him. Now move down to verse 40. And he took his staff in his hand, talking about David, and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook, and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had, even in a scrip. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. So we see uh, basically David's weapon, weapon of choice here. Again, this is very familiar to all of you. David takes a staff, five stones, places them in his shepherd's bag, and he's prepared to go to battle. Um, we actually see this similar idea in 2 Samuel uh, chapter 23. David's warrior Benaniah slew um, a great warrior with a similar mode of a weapon. Um, and we're seeing David again. Think about all that has happened. David, do you want a sword? Nah, I don't really need a sword. David, do you want some armor? Yeah, let me try it. Oh, it's a little big. Maybe I'll just go like how I am. At every chance, David is basically rejecting what we would view as typical um, means for battle between a sword and armor. Maybe he could even take a spear at this point. He's seen Goliath. He's been challenging Israel for 40 days. And up to this point, we finally see what David chooses to arm himself with, which is a staff in his hand, and five small stones, and he's drawing near to the Philistine. Um, Before we get all the way through, do we remember why David is actually approaching Goliath? It's not simply because Goliath said, hey, I want to fight, and David is like, 
yeah, I love to fight too. Let's go at it. Um, but, but David makes it very clear that he is fighting because this is a person in Goliath who has blasphemed his God, the God of Israel, who has mocked him and blasphemed him pretty much at every turn. So David is pretty much defending God and t- seeking to give him glory. And do we remember Goliath's stance on all of this? I'm the best, I'm the greatest there is. You bring your best and I'll defeat him and you'll be our slaves. Everything about Goliath was strictly for himself. Verse 41, And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. We see interesting in here, uh, verse 42, we see him being looked upon David. Uh, We also see David rushing to go ahead and meet him. Um, Goliath, again, caught up in strictly physical appearance, sees David, and you see this mocking tone of, this is the best that you guys can come up with. This young man, he's so small, he's, he's a youth, he's ruddy and of a fair countenance. Looking at David, and basically, as we all know, looking at him and saying, there's no way that this person can challenge me. Um, kind of seeming almost disrespectful to Goliath of realizing, I'm a great warrior, shouldn't they send me a great warrior as well? Take note of verse 43. There's going to be some irony that we're going to see here. Goliath says unto David, am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves or with sticks. And then he goes on and curses God one more time. So if David needed just one more reminder of why he is doing what he's doing, Goliath gives it to him right there of cursing him by his gods. He's continuing to mock David, mocking everything about him, saying, am I a dog that you would come at me with sticks? We, We see that, we know that David was a shepherd. We know how he defended himself in previous times, right, with a lion and with a bear. With what? with a stick, right? In the same way that he would defend himself from a wild dog or defend his flock. So we see everything is setting up. Verse 44, And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. So Goliath says, Come to me, basically, and I'm going to kill you. And all of the animals, whether it's beasts of the field or fowls of the air, they're going to eat your dead body, basically, is what we're seeing. So Goliath pretty clearly, um, you see much humility in Goliath's part here? Um, Incredibly proud, incredibly um, clear in saying what it is that he's going to do. Verse 45, Then said David to the Philistine, uh, these next few verses, I love the way that David is approaching this. I love the way that he is so confident in his words. Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. I love the beginning in there in verse 45 of saying, you come to me with all of these things, with with power and with the weapons basically of man, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts. Incredible difference there into where we believe that power and strength lies. Verse 46, this day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, And I will smite thee, and take thine head from thee, and I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air, and to the wild beasts of the earth, 
that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. So Goliath comes up and he's pumping his chest, puffing it out and saying what he's going to do. He's going to kill David and the beasts in the field and the fowls of the air are going to have his body. David returns the favor by saying, yeah, you come at me with a sword and with, a, and with spear and with a shield and all of these things, but I come with God on my side, basically. Um, and I love verse 46 because he takes that taunt by Goliath and flips it right back at him, doesn't he? says, to this day, I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air. And he returns the favor, basically, of saying, you believe it's going to go this way, but because God is on my side, here is what is going to happen. And he says it with such confidence, almost of a surety, that it's going to happen. And why is it that he does this? At the end of verse 46, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. At no point does David say, this will be done to show that Israel is better. At no point is it so that I will prove that I am a stronger and a better fighter or warrior. But David makes it very clear his motives for all of this, that all of the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Everything that David is going to do is strictly to show God glory throughout this. Um, it's an incredible testimony of David's heart in this situation. Verse 46 or 48, and it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. So this large man, Goliath, is coming up. He's walking towards, towards the Israelites, towards David. And what does David do? Does he shake and, and hide and tremble like all the people before him? No, but he quickly runs up to Goliath to go and meet him. You know, there's something to be said for having confidence and standing your ground. But in this case, David is actively running towards this giant with a massive spear, a sword, and a shield. This massive individual. He has such confidence, he's not even waiting for Goliath to come to him. But he is going to meet this challenge head on, going and meeting him as he stands. Verse 49, And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slang it and smote the Philistine in his forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. He runs up to this large giant in Goliath, grabs a stone, slings it, and hits him square in the forehead, so much so that it knocks him out, kills him, and he falls face first onto the ground. There's a tinge of irony there in that he's falling face first before David, um, basically before all of Israel for both of these armies to see. Um, you would assume typically if I were to get hit in the forehead, I'm probably going to fall backwards. Um, or I just will stand strong because I'm so tough. I can't ever be sure. Come on now. But he gets hit in the forehead and he falls down face first at the feet of David. Remember this great mighty warrior thumping his chest this whole time? David, the small shepherd boy, goes to meet him, defeats him in this way. And true to the promise that he had just given in verses 46. We see this in verse 51, or verse 50. So, so David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Remember what it is that he promised in verse 46, what he was going to do. He's going to kill Goliath, and then he's going to cut off his head. That's going to be hard to do with a stone and with a sling. And it makes it very clear in 50, 
There's no sword in the hand of David. So what does David do? Ever the problem solver, we see what he does. Therefore David ran and stood upon the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of the sheath thereof and slew him and cut off his head therewith. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. So not only has David defeated him, not only did he beat him with a stone, but he goes up to Goliath's body, takes his massive sword out of the sheath, and cuts off his head. Incredible imagery for all of you that like those things in the war, in the war movies and with these stories. He goes and he cuts off his head just like he had promised and said would do in verse 46, where he says, I will smite thee and take thine head from thee. That is a bold promise to make in verse 46, but even more so to actually follow through with and to be able to accomplish in verse 51. Now imagine either side of the army here. Um, we, we see what happens with the Philistines, but imagine being the army of the Israelites, seeing this happen, seeing this large man. You may not, from a distance, you may not even know what happens, that a stone hit him in the head, and he goes down, and David walks up and cuts off this man's head. Do all the fear that had just been all encompassing this whole army for so long um, immediately would be wiped away and just shock and confusion would have to come in. Of That was a shepherd boy. Like he was just bringing his brother's food a few days before. And then the Philistines, what's their response at the end of verse 51? And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, they fled. They were afraid, not just of David, but they actually understood this isn't simply something that David himself could have done. This whole God of Israel thing that we have been making fun of them for, been mocking them for, all of it, they're starting to realize this is true. And for the first time in a while, the Philistines actually have a right response towards the God of Israel, don't they? Of fear. And they flee and they're running away. Verse 52, And the men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines, Unto thou come to the valley, to the gates of Ekron, and the wounded of the Philistines fell down by the way, even unto Gath and unto Ekron. So we see this picture of, Israel, of the men of Israel and Judah chasing after them. The confidence that they now have based on seeing this giant slayed, we finally actually see the Israelite warriors and soldiers doing something, right? Other than just shaking, trying to figure out what they're to do. Um, we're going to see again where Saul is in all of this. If we remember where he's been, He's basically been hiding and watching everything. Uh, typical from what we've seen of Saul in these situations, he's simply on the outside looking in. So they're running away. The Israelites pursue the Philistines, slaying all the soldiers that they can along the way. It says even unto Gath, which is about 10 miles away. Um, and we know from the beginning of this chapter that is Goliath's hometown. So they're even chasing them all the way back to Goliath's hometown, probably reminding anyone there that knows him what has happened and that, a little shepherd just defeated this great warrior. But can you imagine chasing someone for 10 miles with a sword? Like, that's exhausting. Um, now, now imagine being the one being chased, right? At some point you imagine the people behind you are going to stop. But all this way, and they're chasing after them, slaying them as they find them. Verse 53, And the children of Israel returned from chasing after the Philistines, and they spoiled their tents. And David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put his armor in his tent. So we see that they end up taking the spo these spoils. They've been chasing all of them. In verse 54, David brings the head of Goliath back to Jerusalem. Kind of, 
kind of a grotesque picture based on our standards today. Um, we, I mean, we see that in the New Testament. Um, Pastor Ben's talked about John the Baptist and, you know, honey, what do you want for your birthday? I want that guy's head. So this isn't completely uncommon in the time, but we see this and it's an incredible reminder of the victory that God has brought Israel. This person, this Philistine who had been oppressing the Israelites is dead and God has given them the victory. Verse 55, and when Saul, so here we see Saul coming back into the picture, and when Saul saw David go forth against the Philistine, he said unto Abner, the captain of the host, Abner, whose son is this youth? And Abner said, As thy soul liveth, O king, I cannot tell. So Saul sees this happen. He knows who David is. He's met David. Remember, he was, David was Saul's heart player when the spirit was troubling him. The spirit was removed from him, and he sees David going out Again, he even must have cared for David at this point because he told David, hey, buddy, don't do it. You're not really the, the warrior for this. And then after all of this happens, Saul sees it and he asks the captain, Abner, whose son is this? And Abner says, basically, I don't know. I don't know who the dad is of this boy. I have no idea who it is. So the king in verse 56, Saul and the king said, inquire thou whose son the stripling is. And as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in hand. So you've just come back from this incredible victory. You've seen the army going and chasing the Philistines, chopping them down as they find them. A strong uh, military leader of this kingdom, and Abner comes and he finds you and he's going to take you to the king, and you have the, the head of the Philistine, Goliath, in your hand, and you're going to approach the king. Verse 58, And Saul said to him, Whose son art thou, thou young man? And David answered, I am the son of thy servant Jesse, the Bethlehemite. So at the close of this chapter, we see Saul curious as to who the father was. Um, look back up to verse 25 briefly. After when David finally hears of this challenge by Goliath, they're all talking about it. Verse 25 it says, And the men of Israel said, have ye seen this man that has come up? Surely to defy Israel as he come up. And it shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. So Saul is asking in these last verses, who, whose son is this? Because one, lineage was everything to these people. So Saul is saying, look, I've promised to basically not only give this man riches, whoever slayed Goliath, but he's going to be tax-free, which kings love their taxes. And then also, he's going to give him his daughter. So at this point, Saul is wondering, okay, whose son is David? Because this man is going to be joining my family. I'm going to be giving him my daughter in marriage. So it's incredibly important to him at this point who it is that he's going to be marrying into. David tells Saul he's the son of Jesse from Bethlehem. Uh, just incredible things that we're seeing, and we're going to continue to see a lot of this played out um, as we continue on throughout these chapters and seeing, of course, the, the house of David being built and how it is that David comes into, the, into this line. And there's just so many things that are going on at this point um, in the beginning stages of the relationship between Saul and between David. Um, a lot of you know kind of how the story plays out, and it's interesting to see the beginning stages and to see how each chapter things continue to grow. 
Um, but looking at this very familiar story, it's still incredible, uh, especially when you look at the words of David, to see his true motivations for doing what he did. Because again, at no point did he say, I'm doing this to show Israel's superiority. I'm doing this to show that I am uh, better or anything or that I'm smarter. But simply what we see, what his words actually are, is so that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Everything that David was doing was to show that God is the true God, and that God was the God of Israel. While he's being mocked, we saw in the beginning of chapter 17, the reason that he stepped forth to fight Goliath in the first place was he was blaspheming and mocking God, and David, as a true um, believer and true servant of the Lord, couldn't stand for that, and he decided to come and fight him. Um, And all the way through, David basically was a shepherd, with a shepherd's staff and throwing it with the stones. Uh, We don't see David as this great military guy with some awesome sword fighting skills and some sweet armor or going in the future and getting a gun, right? Which I probably would have wanted to do at this time. But we just see all of this working out and we continue to see through this story every time that God is the one who brought the victory just as he always does. Um, And just an incredible testimony um, on David's part. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you again for for this time. We thank you that we're able to uh, see you so clearly being the one who brings victory and that it's not uh, that we should trust in our in weapons or chariots and horses and things that you've, you've clearly uh, shown us in your word that there's no true strength in those things, but that strength and victory only comes from you. God, we thank you that we're able to see um, an example of a, of a heart that truly wants to give glory to you and to honor you. And God, I pray that um, when things come up in our lives and in this world that that our sole motivation would be to give you glory and to, to show you to other people and that you would be glorified through all of our interactions. God, I just pray for strength this week to, to be effective servants of you and that we would be able to make you known throughout this whole week in this area. That's in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, next week, there's no afternoon service. There's a picnic.